Good morning. It is awesome to be here. Man, that's a great song. This morning, uh, I'm going to talk to you about the cross of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Charlie Bogan always tells me to be short. I am short, so it's pretty easy. I can talk a long time, though, but I'm going to, I told I was going to say seven words this morning. I lied, though. I'm going to say seven statements. We're going to talk about the seven statements that Jesus made from the cross. I can't do a whole lot in seven words. I can't even say hello, usually, but, uh, but it is awesome to be here. But I don't know if y'all have noticed, though, but when I have good news, I like to tell it. I am ready to tell. If I hear something good, I want to, I want to share it with everybody. Whether it be with food or, or maybe a ball game that turned out the right way. Whatever it is, I really want to, I want to share it. And this morning, I'm, I'm excited about sharing some good news with you. And that good news is we do serve a risen Savior. Amen. And this morning, I want to talk about... Uh, his suffering on the cross, but most of all, I want to talk about his victory. His victory that he invites us to share in. I'm going to start out by reading from Luke. I'm going to read chapter 23. I'm going to read verses 26 to 46. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene who was on his way from the country and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore, the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when the tree is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were led out with him to be executed. When they, when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him. There along with the criminals, one on the right, the other on the left, Jesus said, Father, Forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others, let him save himself. If he's the son of the Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Are you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you... Enter into your kingdom. 
Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until there was, it was three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for this scripture, Lord. I just pray that uh, as, we examined, as we examine this account this morning, Lord, that you, you speak through me, Lord, that uh, the folks here, the folks who may be listening online, Lord, they receive the message that you intend for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Seven words from the cross. Seven statements. Seven words of encouragement. Seven words of victory. You see, Holy Week, we just celebrated Holy Week, and it's a drama. It, it, it begins with a triumphant entry. And people cheering Jesus. Hosanna, shouting, save us. It begins on Sunday. Jesus coming into Jerusalem to fanfare and celebration. But by Friday, some of the same ones who were celebrating Jesus' entry would be saying crucify him. Some of the same folks. And Jesus... was willing to take our punishment. See, the cross of, cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's the cornerstone of our faith. When we see a cross, a cross, we think about how much Jesus loves us. How he suffered for us. Originally, it was the sign of a torture device, which our Lord and Savior was tortured and crucified and died on. But because of him being the Son of God, we now see this, a chosen symbol of victory. How could a cross, a symbol that meant death, mean life now? I can tell you how. It's because of a perfect Savior. It's because of Jesus. It's because that God sent His Son for that purpose. You see, Christ carried our sins to the cross. He conquered death. He defeated evil. And He turned the tragic tool of torture into the ultimate symbol of victory. This morning, I want to concentrate on Christ's final statements from the cross, his final words from the cross. And I hope that these words offer all of us the hope that's found through a relationship with him. There's seven statements from the cross that are recorded in the Bible. The first statement, the first word Christ spoke was a word of forgiveness. Jesus looked out and said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. 
Who was Jesus referring to when he asked the Father to forgive him? The closest ones to him were, were the soldiers, but there were a lot of people there. There were all kinds of groups of people around the cross. But again, the closest to him were the execution parties, the one who had the job to carry out this dreadful mission. They had the unspeakable task of nailing, nailing a human being to a cross. They were doing their duty. If they hadn't cooperated, the Roman governor probably would have had punishment for them. But they carried out what they were supposed to do. They cru crucified the Lord of glory. And Jesus is asking the Father to forgive them as they do it. You see, the first word from the cross offers the gift of forgiveness to all of us. It offers forgiveness collectively to everybody. The first word of the cross is forgiveness that we can't imagine. We can read about it, we can experience it, but only through a relationship with Jesus Christ can you understand this type of forgiveness. The second word from the cross that Jesus spoke was to one of the criminals who was being cru crucified beside him. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. You see, the first word of, from the cross embraced all of mankind. The second word from the cross offers forgiveness and salvation to every sinner, to each one of us individually. That's what the second word from the cross does. It, it, it offers that forgiveness to the person that you look into their eyes when you see in the mirror. Those eyes, those are the ones that Jesus has offered salvation to by what he did on the cross. It's every single needy sinner, which is all of us. You see, God does not only see the whole world, but he sees each one of us individually. You see, this particular prophecy that is being fulfilled is recorded in Isaiah 53, where among many other predictions, the prophet declared that the coming suffering servant of the Lord, who was numbered with the transgressors. You see, the second word from the cross offers us salvation. It offers us victory. The third statement from the cross it's found in John 19, 26 and 27. Jesus said to his mother, Dear woman, here's your son. And to his disciples, here's your mother. The second word from the cross ministers salvation to the, to the sinner. But this third word is about relationship. It's about our relationship to Christ, our relationship to each other. It's about a Savior who suffered and died on the cross for us because he loved us so much and he wants a relationship with us. That's what this third word from the cross is talking about. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than one lays down his life for his friends. That's love. This third word from the cross offers a relationship that's only available through Jesus Christ, 
through accepting what he's done for us on the cross. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, Christ's third word from the cross offers us the ultimate relationship. This word offers us the eternal relationship with our Lord. We're not worthy to be in God's presence because of what Jesus did when he walked the earth and lived a perfect life. And then he took our sins and nailed them to the cross. That's how we can have this relationship. Through nothing that we do on our own. It's just through the acceptance of our perfect Savior. Again, the third word from the cross is eternal relationship. The fourth word from the cross is found in Matthew 27, 46. And this scripture Christ asks, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? While this may sound like a question of desperation, remember Christ was fully human and fully divine. He felt the pain when they nailed him to the cross. He felt the pain when they tortured him. He had never been separated from the Father before because he never sinned. Now all of a sudden he's got the sins of the world on his shoulders as he's hanging there. Again, he felt the pain. And he had our sins on his shoulders. Again, it's the first time he had felt separation from the Father. Again, because of our sins, the sins of mankind, all the sin of the world, the awful legacy of the fall of mankind laid upon Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, Paul writes, he, knew, he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteous of God in him. He had our sin on his shoulders. He carried our sins to the cross. He suffered and died because of our transgressions, because he didn't have any. See, this fourth word from the cross offers us love and forgiveness. It offers us atonement. The ultimate sacrifice. The perfect sacrifice is what's being offered here. Because of what he did for us. Because he took our sins to the cross and then to the grave. That's how we can be in a relationship. You see, he took our sins all the way to the grave with him. But when he rose, praise God, he left our sins behind. He does not remember. Because of our relationship with him, our sins are forgiven. Not because of anything we do. Not because of anything we have done on our own, anything we can do. It's because we put our faith and trust in a risen Savior. You see, this fourth word from the cross offers us the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. The fifth word, Jesus simply says, I thirst. It's found in John 19, 28. See, the hours of torture on the cross took a tremendous toll on Christ's body. Execution by crucifixion was not sudden death. It was long, 
drawn out. It was a lingering death that's carried out under the eastern sun. See, his wounded feet, his wounded hands would soon be inflamed, resulting in fever and thirst and pain that we can't imagine. Soon he'd be dehydrated. The prophetic 22nd Psalm says, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You see, yes, our Savior's suffering was real. He suffered for us. See, the fifth word from the cross demonstrates Christ's willingness to endure pain that we deserve so we don't have to. This fifth word from the, the cross sums up the suffering that we deserve. But praise God, we serve a Savior who took that suffering for us. The sixth word from the cross is found in John 19.30. Christ says, it is finished. It is finished. The sixth word from the cross consists of one single word in the Greek that means finished, accomplished. It was very loud. And it rang out all over the scene and he just yells, it is finished. What did Jesus mean? What was finished? Was he referring to his suffering? His life's work? Again, this was not a cry of desperation. It's a cry of completion. You see, the Old Testament contains a long list of prophetic utterances that have now been fulfilled. Those prophecies in the Old Testament are fulfilled. Jesus came and did what he was supposed to do. It's hard for us to understand. But Jesus came and this word, these words, it is finished, means victory. We're just saying victory in Jesus. That's what, it's, that's what we were singing about. Victory in Jesus. Jesus came and fulfilled the prophecy. He came, suffered and died so we don't have to. He came to give us life and give it more abundantly. He fulfilled his mission. He fulfilled his purpose. He fulfilled why the Father had sent him. The Word tells us that there's nothing left for man to do. It is finished. He's done it. All, all we can do is put our trust and faith in him. He has completed the work. In Luke 23, 46, Christ says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. The seventh word from the cross. Jesus puts all into the Father's hands. See, this word 
tells us that his life didn't abruptly end that day on the cross. But in fact, Jesus had previously said in John ten eighteen that no one could take his life, but I'll lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. Jesus did this on his own. He did it because he was willing, because he loves us so much. You see, this is, gives us our eternity. The seventh word, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. It offers us, everyone sitting here, the eternity that's only found through the victory in Jesus Christ. These words from the cross, again, they offer us comfort. They offer us, they offer us relief. Most of all, they offer us eternity with a risen Savior. I want to close by just allowing, to, just, just allowing you to hear these words again. Let these words speak to you. Let them speak to your heart. Father, forgive them. This word tells us that there's forgiveness for you at the cross. Today you will be with, with me. There's salvation for you at the cross. Woman, here's your son. There's love and relationship for you at the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's atonement for you at the cross. I thirst. Jesus suffered for you on the cross. It is finished. Jesus was the victor over sin on the cross. You see, there's victory for you at the cross. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. There's eternal security for you and for all of us at the cross. There's eternal victory at the cross. This morning, if you're here and you haven't experienced that relationship that's available because of what Jesus has done for us, it's a beautiful morning to to celebrate eternity. Again, Jesus suffered and died for us at the cross. He took every sin that we've committed. He took it to the cross. Again, praise God, he didn't stay on the cross. He was buried in a tomb. And he took our sins there too. I find it kind of ironic that his triumphant entry. He came on a borrowed donkey. Then the end of the week, he's buried in a borrowed tomb. He did this for you. He did it for you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful word, Lord. Just thank you for Sending your son, Lord. Because we're all sinners, Lord, and we can't do it without him. Lord, thank you for taking my sins to the cross. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for atonement. Lord, most of all, thanks for rising on that third day.
Lord, and offering us all that eternal life that's only available through a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.